0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. And remember, for all of your wagering needs as we head towards a another football season right around the corner, college will get going before you know it, training camps are underway. Uh, but first, we deal with the trade deadline, and listen, there's going to be two more days to talk about the Mets. After that, there's not going to be much to talk about for the rest of the season. The trade deadline is tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 6 p.m., And we'll start with the Mets now who have already moved Robertson to Miami. And then, of course, Scherzer uh, in a very unusual deal where they take back $35 million of the contract to get themselves a good, they hope, premium prospect. They better hope he's a premium prospect. They paid enough money to get him. uh, And Scherzer is gone. It's almost like the owner. Having doled out all this money, does not want to look at his mistakes, does not want to look at the team's mistakes. And now he has realized whoever has whispered in his ear as he tries to get Stearns to come to the franchise, and that's the guy they are after, and if he's cleared himself contractually, he will be here next year. They want to get much younger and more athletic, the one problem they have, and it's something they will deal with as they face Verlander, who clearly teams are after, and being in a position when they have no pitching of any note in their organization, they don't have any starting pitching for next year. Are they going to go out and think they are going to buy an entire staff? They don't have the wherewithal to do that. First of all, there aren't that many guys available or any good. Secondly, the cost of that would be prohibitive. Now, I understand cost doesn't have to matter, especially now if they get younger guys, but you're not going to get young pitchers because they're tied up. The pitchers who become available are all usually well over 30 years old and sometimes a good deal older. And let's be honest, look at the Mets staff. They have no staff for next year. So if Verlander goes, You're putting a huge hole in next year. Now, I understand why they got rid of Scherzer. He was the poster boy for all of their disappointment. He didn't get the job done. He and DeGrom didn't get the job done last year when it was on the line. Everybody we talked about all year, we all did it. Everybody in baseball did it. If the Mets can get to the postseason, which they did with their 101-win season, they hand the ball to DeGrom and Scherzer and watch out. Well, they handed the ball to Degrom and Scherzer the last two weeks of the season, and they bombed. Degrom is on the shelf in Texas, and now Scherzer's in Texas off a bad year, where he has done nothing but give up home runs all season. He has been in. He was an awful Met. He will go down as one of the awful Mets, and this season will go down with the likes of. Bobby Bonilla and Saberhagen and Vince Coleman for the years where the Mets brought in premium talent and it fizzled, where it didn't work at all. It's not just on Scherzer and earlier Verlander, who's pitched very well of late. It's obviously the Diaz injury set the ball rolling, but so many Mets have had terrible years. Marte, who had such a good year last year, nothing this year. McNeil, who had such a great year last year, nothing this year. Go down the line, the Alonzo injury. He has hit home runs. He has RBIs. So does Lindor. So you have to be at least partial in your criticism of them because they're going to wind up. Alonzo's going to wind up 40, 100. Lindor's going to wind up 30, 95, or 100. Not exactly bad. He leads shortstops in almost every statistic except batting average. He plays every day. And let's be honest, this is now Lindor's team. We know that. He stands in front of his locker. He answers the questions. It's his team. It's built around Nimo. It's built around Alonzo. It's built around Lindor. But they have no pitching. They have a closer next year. They can go out and get some relievers. They are trying to get much younger. They are trying to build a pipeline of talent. You can't do that in a year. Remember, when they look jealously now at what Baltimore has, Baltimore paid for that with 50 wins year after year after year. Houston, before they got good, paid for it with loss after loss after loss. You can't do that in New York. And you can't do that with the richest owner in the history of baseball. But they're not going to be any good next year. They have no pitching. And they have nothing in the pipeline. So they're going, they going to go out next year and buy four starters? And that's if they keep Verlander. If they don't keep Verlander, they've got to go out and buy five starters. Figure one gets hurt, and you got Sengu, and you, and you go. There's nothing else, worth, nothing else worth putting on the mound that's wearing a Met uniform. Nothing. Not Carrasco, not Quintana, nothing. Not Peterson, nothing. They have no starting pitching. And you don't win unless you have starting pitching. Now, I understand the Mets should want to get younger and more athletic and wipe the stink away from this year. But you know what? They moved prematurely. They really did because now what are you selling? What are you selling for the next third of the season? There's a third of a season to play. All of August, all of September. City Field should be a ghost town, and rightly so. You've made it a ghost town. Why well, you want to go watch Alvarez hit a couple of home runs? Okay. You want to see if some of your youngsters can play? Okay. You want to go watch Alonzo hit home runs? Okay. The bottom line is there is no appeal. They have canceled this now team, this major player, this richest, richest payroll in the history of baseball will now go down as one of the colossal, colossal jokes in the history of baseball. And he wants to wipe that away. He doesn't believe in bad money, good money after bad. I understand that. But he also is going to have to have patience because they're not going to be a contender next year. And they're not going to be able to sell the fact that they're a contender next year. And that's going to be hard for them to do. Because they're not built now to do that. They're built now to be good every year and just refurbish around a nucleus that can win every year. That's what the Yankees do. And the Yankees are on the brink of not doing that anymore because this team has gotten old in bad spots and decayed, and they've brought a lot of guys in. Plus, let's be honest, hey, tell the truth, the Yankees don't want to spend the money. The Yankees don't want to pay exorbitant fees. They don't want to do it, and they don't want to be in a place where their payroll hurts them. So don't think they don't have their eye on payroll. They do. This is not the old days anymore. They are not going to bring guys in at any cost. That is not going to happen. And it's got to go him to watch Rizzo striking out five times with what he's getting paid. He has completely collapsed as a player. We know Stanton can still hit the ball out of the ballpark. We know how streaky he is. Donaldson getting hurt was the best thing that ever happened to him, so they not have to look at him anymore. The Yankees have made a lot of mistakes, and they've brought in a lot of guys, and they got a lot of guys who can't play. And you look at their lineup versus the Oriole lineup, it's a joke. An absolute joke. The Yankees are three and a half behind the wild card. It is not a given, but let's be honest. The Yankees can load up now where if they get anything out of the pitchers who are about to return putting them behind Cole. You take Severino and you say goodbye. You're not starting anymore. You start Herman and Schmidt. You start the two lefties, and obviously you got Cole. And you're putting good pitches on the mound. Schmidt's been okay. You're putting solid pitching. You could get something going with that pitching staff. I told you I think the bullpen is overrated. They have live arms, but it's still overrated in big spots because they don't have a premium closer. But their offense is a joke, and they're not going to fix that, and they're not going to fix it with one bat, and let's be honest, it doesn't look like a big bat's coming. If they can get a big left-handed bat, that's going to help. That's what they need. They need a big left-handed hitting left fielder. That's what they need. But you know what? If they're going to carry guys like Rizzo who are hitting 100 for the last, you know, two months, it's not going to look good. And last night, another, you know, just embarrassing night. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Yankees do and whether they actually add payroll. Watch that. I don't think they'll add a lot. And as for the Mets... If they send Verlander packing, and I understand they want to wash the stench away from this year, but if they send Verlander packing and make another one of these deals where they, you know, pay 35 or $40 million of the salary and get a prospect back who isn't going to help them tomorrow, the prospects they got for Robinson aren't going to help them until 2026 or seven. I don't know how fast Acuna is coming to the majors. You know what? The bottom line is he better be good for what they just did. But they have a lot of rebuilding to do, and they have no starting rotation. Even with Diaz back next year, they have no starting rotation. Can they add one in one year? That is almost impossible to do. So them being contenders next year is going to be very, very hard. And that's going to be a tough sell for Cohn and for the Mets in the city. This has gone, this has become a colossal embarrassment for Cohen and the Mets. And that's why he doesn't want to look at it anymore because it's become that kind of embarrassment. They've become a laughing stock. And now they've become even worse. For two months, there is not a reason to pay attention to them. I never, ever would tell a fan not to buy a ticket to, it's not my place, to tell him not to buy a ticket to a team. Anytime, anywhere, I would never do that. But I don't see a lot of reason. As a Mets fan, as a baseball fan, as a baseball viewer, I don't see a lot of reason to watch the Mets in August and September. As a matter of fact, I don't see any. Yanks got their hands full and a lot of work to do. And they're going to need their pitching to carry them because they're not going to be rebuilding this offense with one move. There's too much decay and too much lack of talent. Even with, you know, a guy as good as Judge, and Judge is that good. Even with Judge doing what Judge does, He's gonna need some help. Your emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. Send your emails. We'll get to as many as we can. I always take them fresh. I don't look at them. Here we go. Justin, going is completely delusional. In these post-game press conferences, I happen to agree. He says a lot of crazy things. He says a lot of things that just aren't true. Uh, The Yankees struck out 18 times last night. He has the nerve to stand up there and say, outside of the strikeouts I thought our at-bats were building off last night. That is nonsense. And listen, he tries to put a happy face or a ribbon on all kinds of Yankee garbage. He's tried to do this all year. It sounds ridiculous. I agree. And last night's a perfect example. After Kramer, after the Yankees watched Severino get pounded in the first inning and dig the big hole, Kramer could not find the plate. He could not get his cutter in the strike zone. So he was laying pitches that were imminently hittable just not to walk people in. As it is, they got tired of him. Watching him because they took him out with a big lead and didn't even let him get his five innings in because they had enough. Because he had given up. He had a 3-2 count every batter. He had thrown 90 pitches. He had given up seven hits and a couple of walks, and they said enough. Enough. If you can't go out there and get a clean fifth, he gave up a hit to lead off the fifth to stand, and they t- pulled him. They taught him a lesson. After that, after he left and he was bad with the big lead, After he left, the Yankees got two hits and a walk and struck out 11 times. So don't tell me they had good at-bats. And Rizzo, 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. Where has Rizzo gone? I mean, his game is completely just disintegrated in front of our eyes. And let's be honest, he does not deserve to bat in the middle of the order anymore. Uh, This is Michael. On your last podcast, you spoke of your JFK book collection. Which is the one you would most recommend on his life? if you want to get a history from the guys who were there, now remember the inner circle loved him. It was, they worshiped him. So you're not going to get from the inner circle. You're not going to get a objective view. You're going to get a book that's full of hero worship. Whether you get the book written by, uh, O'Donnell and Powers, who were his guys, or Pierre Salinger, or uh, even Schlesinger, who was a wordsmith and a historian, but still, you know, worshipped them. And also, they wanted to paint the view. Sorensen and and I don't want to get too political here, but Sorensen and Schlesinger wanted to paint the view of JFK as a liberal. JFK was not a very liberal Democrat. He had a lot of conservative tendencies, a lot of which were co-opted by Ronald Reagan, of things he believed in. JFK had far more conservative tendencies than people realize. He was, in what we look at a Democrat today, he would not have been a real Democrat because he had many conservative tendencies in terms of military, in terms of taxes, uh, in terms of many things. Now, as far as there's been a couple of recent books, book a couple of years ago, Jack is a very, very good biography. I'd say start there. That's a good place to start. That was written about maybe ten years ago now. Um, Jason. Uh, I've been seeing, yes, that Alvarez has a lot of power and can hit in the clutch at times, but I've also heard you talk about him needing a lot of work behind the plate. Do you feel he is the Mets version of a younger Gary Sanchez when he came up with the Yankees? Um, I hope not. Uh, I see that I think he can be molded into a better catcher than Sanchez could. I believe that. I also think he's an active participant in terms of being the leader that catchers have to be and in terms of what he brings to a team. So I think he has the makings of a guy who will get much better behind the plate. He has tremendous power. He does hit in the clutch. Hey, he's going to have his slumps like he's going through right now, but uh, he's a very, very promising player. He really is. Mike in Brooklyn, Atani is just a riveting player to watch. Immense talent, in production. How valuable would he be for the Mets from a business perspective? Um, enormous, absolutely enormous in this town. Would be considering the makeup of the area around Citi Field, including Flushing. Uh, he would be enormous for their business, but he's going to cost an absolute fortune. And I don't think he wants to play. I don't know anything about Atani as far as what he wants or doesn't want. I have no clue. But everything I have heard is that he wants to stay on the West Coast. Everything I've heard from people who were around the Angels, and I know a couple of them, including Bobby Valentine, who have stated that he has made it clear he wants to stay on the West Coast. That's all they've ever heard from him. Now, whether that means the Dodgers, whether that means the Giants, I think they'll both be very, very big players in this. I would think those are the two logical spots for him, the Dodgers or the Giants. Padres won't be involved, but the Dodgers or the Giants, I think, are very, um, very, very strong possibilities. Doug, do you trust Billy Eppler as a GM? No. Tim, Talk about a complete 180 has gotten to the point where the Mets sign and celebrate shows to trading him a year and a half later. Just crazy turn events. It has been. Listen, this has become a, remember, for a very, very rich man who came in with a very big splash, who has an immense ego, and has known enormous success in the business world. This has got to have been a colossal embarrassment. It's such the case that he wants to banish his mistakes. Um, He also looks at it and realizes he's not a dumb man. He has people whispering in his ear, but he also realizes himself that he sees that the teams that are young and athletic, the Braves, the Orioles, are the teams that are winning. He sees that he wants to get younger, he wants to get more athletic, he wants to build up the farm system, except that can't be done in a day. And remember, if you look at how the Orioles have been built, they've been built because they've been awful. They have been non-competitive for basically half or more than half a decade. The Messi Yankees can't live that way. There's no way to operate that way in New York. They have no intention of operating that way. I'm sure if you ask Cohn right now, he tells you we will find a way to be competitive next year. They won't with that pitching staff. The first step to them being somewhat competitive would be to keep Verlander. If they trade Verlander, which I think is probably a 50-50 proposition, number one, I don't think Verlander wants to go. Number two, I think Scherzer cooked his own goose. He didn't do his job, and then he complained when they, uh, when they got rid of Robinson because he wanted to be on a competitive team. Well, wait a second. You were the, one of the biggest reasons why the team wasn't competitive. The team paid you a complete fortune to come here and lead them, and you're bombed. you bombed last year. you bombed this year. So shut up. Well, that's what they said to themselves, I'm sure, was get this clown out of here. He's the biggest reason we weren't successful last year. And that's true. They paid him to win those games last year, and he came up so tiny you couldn't even find him. Now, Verlander wasn't here. He's got a track record, and he's actually pitched very well, and he's acted like a class guy the whole time. He's done done nothing that would make them want to banish him. He's done everything that would make them want to keep him. So I think there's still a possibility they keep Verlander unless they get a knockout offer in terms of prospects. My understanding, Houston has none that would fill that bill. They're not giving you any of their youngsters off the Major League roster. They don't have the prospects. I'm not sure if the Dodgers do or don't. I don't know what the Dodgers have left in their organization in the the minor leagues. But unless you're bringing back something of real import, you would keep Verlander because he's done nothing except his job. And he's a guy that at least if you start next year with Verlander and Senga, at least you have, and you have Diaz, you have three arms you can build around. Senga's got talent. He's just got to be a little less wild. And he's got to balance his performance between home and away, but that's fine as a first-year player. Senga's got ability. The rest of the pitching staff, as far as the starters go, stinks. The bullpen stinks. We know that. But they'll get Diaz back, and you can build a bullpen year to year. I have no doubts you can build a bullpen year to year. Everybody can. But you cannot build an entire rotation year to year. And if they trade Verlander, I can't see any way they're going to be good next year because I can't see where they're going to get the pitching. We will do a podcast after the deadline tomorrow night. We'll see where that goes. Do the Yankees hit a home run and bring a Soto in? I doubt it. Plus, the Padres now are creeping into 500, so they may be looking to take a run at it, and they'll deal with sort of an offseason. Sounds like the Cubs may now be buyers rather than sellers because of what they've done recently with their winning streak. So that changes things there. One of the guys the Yankees had targeted got traded last night, and he's gone, so that's off the table. Um, If the Yankees bring a right-handed outfielder in, I just don't get it. The guy needs to be left-handed. You have Judge. You have Stanton. You have Torres, okay? You're playing Volpe every day. The rest of the team has a ton of right-handers. You're playing – Rizzo has nothing right now to give you left-handed. Bowers had a couple of good nights – McKinney's had a couple of good nights, but those guys aren't everyday players. You need a left-handed power hitter, a lefty with some pop. That's what you need. And it's looking less and less like the Yankees will get it. But the Yankees will keep telling you they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. They're always going to tell you they're fine. Are they fine? Hey, they're three and a half out in the wild card. They're no lock to make the playoffs. Do I think they can get there? Yes, because if all their guys come back and pitch the way I think they can, they can probably get a run going. It's going to be a big week this week. Just lost two out of three in Baltimore. You come home, you got Tampa and Houston. It's going to be a big week. But the move's got to be by tomorrow at six. We'll do a podcast to wrap things up and see what's left. You know, a fam or, or you know, the Mets could trade a right-handed outfielder. We know that. They got a couple of guys. They could even trade McNeil, which I don't think is out of the question, but I doubt it'll happen. Verlander, I'd say, is a 60-40 stay. That's what I would give you today. But not more than 60-40. Because I think Cone would like to send as many of these older guys packing as he can because he doesn't want to look at them. He wants younger. So now the Mets are going to get younger. The question is, are they going to get better? But the next two months, Mets fans, hope you have a football team. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.